0: I have to say this example out loud because I feel like this is one that, at least for me, stands out as one of those things that was very fear-related and we hung on to way longer than we should have.
1: Hi there, Elise and Jamie here for a brand new episode of Shiny Objects. This week, we're talking all about the things we would have done differently if we were starting our business from scratch. As you'll hear, a lot of what we do differently is less about the individual decisions and more about a pattern of behavior on our part that was hard to see in the moment, but is so crystal clear in hindsight. Stay with us to hear all about how we tripped all over ourselves in an attempt to do better. Hello. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Elise? I am good. I am still sort of cruising along a high from Mother's Day, which was just a couple days ago as of this recording. Oh, yeah, that's right. What did
0: you guys do for Mother's Day?
1: Well, it was pretty tame, not going to lie. My husband made me my favorite kind of eggs in the morning and my son ate them. Were they, wait, were they poached poached eggs? Oh, I guess not actually my actual favorite, but um, close second, fried over easy. Mm. So, like a nice runny yolk, super salty and buttery. Um, They were delicious. I got a second batch to eat for myself, but my son ate the entire first batch. Of course. (laughs) So, it felt pretty appropriate for Mother's Day.
0: I was gonna say I I kind of thought we were egg twins that the the poached being like the highest level of egg, so I'm glad to to know that that still still prevails.
1: Yeah, don't worry, I haven't ditched you as a poached egg lover, <laughs> um, <laughs> but fried was fried really hit the spot. Those are my
0: those feel like my second best also, so I'm I'm with yeah. you on that. And having your kid eat them just feels 100% appropriate.
1: <laughs> it sure does. And really, you know, I was excited that he was getting such a good breakfast in. (laughs) So there you go. See, that's the mother in you. (laughs) I know. Uh, That's so funny. I love it. I love when, like,
0: I mean, he has good taste. You can't blame him.
1: I know. He kept saying, more eggs, yummy. And I was like, yeah, these are good eggs. You're right. You're right, buddy. (laughs) And they're mine. (laughs) (laughs) How was your mother's day? Um, It was really
0: good. It was uh, also really mellow. I mean, given the constraints of <laughs> not really being able to go anywhere. Um, and actually, I have a funny story. It's kind of along the same lines, slash not that my kid ate it. But um, yeah, I was going to tell you this in my unimportant, important news segment. I had a buckle for the first time ever in my life. Do you have any experience with eating? Or do you know what a buckle is?
1: I hope we're not talking about belts right now.
0: (laughs) We're not. (laughs) Um, And I, okay, so I've never had a buckle before. I didn't. Hang on,
1: hang on, Jamie. Are you going to teach me a vocabulary word today?
0: I am. This is my (sighs) unimportant,
1: important news. Okay, go. I'm so ready.
0: Yeah. So I, and I, you know what, this is bad. I should have like looked this up, so that I had a more accurate description of what a buckle is, but I'm going to give you my description. So we got a new cookbook. Um, We're really, I've, I've been really, really into half-baked harvest on Instagram. Um, I think her recipes are always turn out really delicious and they're generally kind of super simple to follow and they always like look complicated and beautiful. So I always, I kind of like that about them because they're like these complicated, beautiful recipes that actually, as it turns out, are for the most part simple. Um, I got one of her Uh, cookbooks. It's the second one. It's the like simple recipes. Um, And while I'm vegetarian and they're not all vegetarian, they're really easy to adapt for vegetarians. So since we've been doing a lot of quarantine cooking and baking, we were looking through the dessert section um, of the cookbook. And I think also the sort of in the very beginning, there was like a pastries and sort of bread section maybe. And I, I feel like we were flipping through pages and My husband was asking me which ones, and this was like a couple weeks before Mother's Day, and we're just doing this casually, and he was like, oh, which ones are, like, calling out at you? We should make some of these desserts, and I was like, yeah, 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 and I pointed at this, uh, it was like a blueberry and lemon pull-apart bread, and I was like, I want that. Like, I don't know what that is exactly, but it just, I don't know, the pull-apartness of it, I was like, I want it. (laughs) It looks like warm like bread. And I was just like, yes, that's what I want. And then at some point, I must have also pointed to this blackberry buckle. (laughs) And I don't remember doing it, but I'm sure I did, because it was probably a beautiful photo. And so he saw that and he took a mental photo of it and decided he was going to make that for me for Mother's Day. So fast forward, he gets really excited. He brings home the ingredients. He shows me like the blackberries to not eat in the fridge because he needs those containers for this blackberry buckle. And in my mind, the pull apart bread was maybe blackberry. I just couldn't remember. But I was just all the while thinking he's making me this pull apart bread. And I'm like, so here for it. So then he's like in the process of doing it. And he says something about it. And I look at it and I go, oh, no, I thought you were making me pull apart bread. And he's like, no, you wanted the buckle. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what a buckle is, but I'm sure it'll be fine. And then as he's making it, he turns around and looks over at me and he's like, oh, my God, I just had this really bad thought that I am making my wife, who does not like pies, a pie. Like, this is starting to feel like it might be a pie. Um. And so it was a really funny moment. He was like, I'm making this for Mother's Day and you're like, you don't like pie. And it's starting to kind of look like one. Um, However, it does not taste like one. It's um, I would describe it more as like a coffee cake. um, And it was quite good. Um, Now, the other funny part of this is I cut off. It was a lot (laughs) for just like two of us to be eating. And so I cut off a couple hunks and I did a little delivery for some friends. And one of my friends responded to me, and I thought it would be funny just to write, I'm going to bring you a BlackBerry buckle, because I didn't think they would have any clue what I was talking about. And one of my friends responded with, I love buckles, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. And she was like, 100% serious. Like she's had experience with buckles before. Um, Yeah, I yeah, she knew exactly what it was. And she was excited to have it with her coffee, which is actually what I think you should how you should enjoy a buckle or at least this particular buckle because to me it tasted a little bit like more like a fruity coffee cake than like um maybe like a dessert item that sounds so delicious I'm so glad you told me what a buckle is yeah and that's my unimportant important news but I also just thought it was funny that like my husband thought he was making his wife who hates pie a pie for
1: mother's day (laughs) (laughs) that could have turned out very differently for him
0: yeah I know, spending all that time on Mother's Day while I like have Colby and then, yeah, my son. Um, just kind of a funny, a funny turn of events, but I, it wasn't a pie and I, I really liked it. So it's not dry. And I think sometimes like pie crust, I just feel like it's just not, it's not for me. So, yeah, we mostly just ate food. I mean, really, I was in a like serious food coma on Sunday night. Um, and Monday morning, I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have a Mother's Day food hangover.
1: That's the best way to spend Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. One really nice thing I also got to do on Mother's Day, besides eating my eggs, finally, was um. I think, unlike most people, I am super lucky in that I actually got to see my own mom on Mother's Day. Um, she's part of our social pod because she lives just down the street, and so my mom and I got to spend like a whole hour sitting on the porch, drinking a cocktail, and just chatting, uh, which was a really nice. Little sort of escape from reality. Uh, nice to have that time with my mom. And you're going to laugh at what I gave her for Mother's Day, but she actually really wanted it and loves it. Um, I gave her Great Lakes Gelatin Collagen because she uses it every day, and she's always asking me if I have more that I can give her. So I gave her a big stash for Mother's Day, and she's thrilled.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, it is funny, but it's awesome because I I have personally heard your mom rave about. Her collagen use. And she says that people have literally, without her telling them that she's using it, like complimented her hair, her skin. And I mean, dude, that's like, that's all you could ask for. (laughs) That, yeah, that's
1: mom goals. When I'm a grandma, I hope people are complimenting me on my hair and skin. (laughs) A
0: hundred percent. I mean, speaking of hair and skin, we watched, uh, we tuned into an IG live yesterday um, with two adorable uh, humans. And I could not stop thinking about their glowy skin, both of them, Um, and just like how much I covet it.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, same. I was really feeling my age watching that Instagram Live with those adorable young things.
0: Other than Mother's Day and blackberry buckles and uh, collagen gifts, I'm excited about today's episode. Last week, we talked about um, client service. And how we've sort of been in this vicious cycle um, with not demanding enough (laughs) for ourselves, not valuing enough. Um, And it's really fun to look back um, from where we are today and maybe imagine how things could have gone a little differently given what we know now. Um, Hindsight (laughs) is one of those things that can be both a curse and a blessing all at once.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to dive into things that we would have done differently that sort of go beyond the way that we priced our services or the way that we valued our own work. Because I think there's a lot of pretty funny stories from the last 10 years.
0: There's so many good examples. And I think I think we should start with all of those places where we sort of I, I don't know, something that really sticks out for me that I would have done differently if we were starting from scratch was maybe not like trip over ourselves so much in the effort to just save some money?
1: We did a lot of tripping, that's for sure. We were so scrappy and we were trying to pinch every single penny that a lot of times we sort of sold ourselves short. One that really sticks out to me is when we went to our first conference as Fit Approach, as our business, and we made our own tank tops, branded tank tops, by getting those iron-on patches from like Walgreens and ironing them onto literally like wife beater white tank tops and i know that's not what you're supposed to call them anymore but you know those like super cheap white tank tops that are like yep. really thin and have that kind of crunchy feel to them
0: <laughs> yep um yeah we wore those all weekend at the conference like we lived in them um and the funny thing was is people like this is really funny to me is people ask us if they could buy them and we were like um no we we cannot sell you these like we literally ironed patches onto these like no
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know we weren't even tempted to sell them we were like actually no this is not a thing you want to buy
0: It's true. It's really true. And I think there's something really nice about that, that it was such a grassroots effort. And it was like we did something just to be kind of cohesive and sort of share who we were. And like, this is our brand. And we're coming into this very first ever conference as this business um, in full force. And I think we talk about this a lot how we always show up. And I think that's a nice example of how we showed up and we were, you know, uh, scrappy and resourceful. But I also think it's sort of, to me reflects in a lot of ways, like how we sort of got into these cycles of like, you know, where we would save money or we would try something and get really scrappy about it without sort of overthinking it or putting enough thought into it. And that maybe if we had put a little bit more thought into it or actually had tank tops with, you know, a real like logo on them, like screen printed or whatever, not like iron on patches, That maybe if we'd gone into that environment with a little bit more polish, maybe that would have helped us go into the entire event with a little more polish and perhaps even take ourselves a little bit more seriously and maybe feel a little bit more confident in what we were there to do. Um, And in some ways, in a lot of ways, that example just feels like a perfect sort of symbol of a lot of things that we've done or I wish we could have done differently in our business, just to treat ourselves with, with the kind of you know respect and value that that we were actually um, deserving.
1: <laughs> I think treating ourselves with more respect, valuing our tank tops and our time more, I suspect that would have helped us a lot with the imposter syndrome that we've been talking about so much. You know, if we'd shown up with real logos, maybe we would have felt like we belonged there. Um, And I don't just mean at that conference, but like you said, you know, in all of the places that we showed up. I
0: remember at one point um, at that same conference that another company had put on this happy hour event. And in some ways you could have argued that they were our competitor um, and they they were like shelling out dollars. (laughs) They put on a happy hour event. And I think it was like a free margarita for everybody that attended sort of thing. Um, And I remember we looked at each other and we were like, let's change our clothes (laughs) for the happy hour. And we like got out of the tank tops for that one thing during the conference. And we actually showed up, I have a picture of it where we showed up in like, I think we were in little sundresses because it was in San Diego. And I think even at just at that event, we were able to sort of up level ourselves just by feeling a little bit more confident in what we were wearing and what we were putting out there. And it's weird how just a little bit of polish um, can really help you sort of lessen that imposter syndrome feeling.
1: It's so true. I mean, it's so simple, right? Like it's how everyone tells you when you work from home, you should get dressed. And note to self, I have not gotten dressed in all <laughs> Yeah, <but laughs> it's hard. I do think, I think you're right. Like just those little changes can make such a big difference in the way that you present yourself and show up.
0: I think we should win an award. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we were the most homemade looking booth at almost every conference <gasps> that we ever attended and expoed at. <laughs> And I'm just gonna go ahead and put a big stamp on that one and say, like, we we win, we win in that department. Um, but I mean, it's it's a fact. I we had, um, oh my god, one specific conference that really, I just I can remember so well is we had a handmade booth that had both of our businesses on it. And it was so many brands and so much information and so overwhelming that nobody understood what we were doing there. Uh, I think including
1: ourselves. I remember that booth so well because we had like, it wasn't even like we divided it down the center to like try and split it. It was like, we had like two banners for two totally different companies, totally different brands, just like one on top of the other. And then we'd like laid out a table of swag and it was like everything that we'd ever made for both companies just piled onto this table. It was like, it was information overload. <laughs> it made no sense.
0: <laughs> it was just like a dump. It was like a dumpster fire of like <laughs> swag and confusion. Oh God. I like, I like grimace thinking about it. Like my whole body just like, Ugh. I was like, no, no, no. Did we really do that? Oh, um, and that wasn't the only time that we had a booth that was confusing. We also did a lot of things to, again, we thought in the long run, save money or sort of make it so that we could offset some of our costs um, at the actual conference or the expo or whatever it was that, you know, was costly. Sometimes it's the actual expo space and sometimes it's just the conference tickets themselves, Um, but we'd often incorporate some of our partners into our booths to offset those costs. And honestly, all it did was derail from who we were and confuse the hell out of everybody, Uh, including, again, ourselves, because we just couldn't figure out how to message all of that when you have, you know, people's attention for like a sentence, maybe a couple words as they're passing by. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I, in hindsight, I, gosh, and I'm going to share a story because uh, about partner, um a partner that we had incorporated into our booth to offset costs because it's particularly funny. Um, And I'll just put it this way. We had one of those, like we were just talking about margaritas. This feels really appropriate. They sent us one of those machines and you can think of it like a frozen margarita maker, like one of those fancy things you can, you know, you get and you get your frozen margarita or your frozen or whatever out of and it like spins and it's really fancy thing. Um, we had one of those for this product. Um, and this product happened to be chocolate. And so it was brown. <laughs> and um, and our little frozen margarita makery thing, um, it got stuck, and nothing was coming out anymore. And it was like broken. And we had to somehow get all of the liquidy frozen sort of product out of the machine. And we were in a conference center. And so there were no like sinks or anywhere to dump it and this is like gallons this isn't like a small amount of liquid so we carried this very heavy like piece of this uh margarita maker machine to the expo bathroom like the the actual bathroom (laughs) like
1: all the way across this enormous expo hall like this wasn't like just going around the corner. This was like a. Schlep. Oh, yeah. It was
0: like a full on schlep, like across all of these booths, but we had to get rid of it because it was just like building up. And we were like, we don't know what to do. And to get it outdoors would have been a nightmare because that would have been like over a mile of walking with this really heavy uh, container <laughs> with like gallons of liquid. So there's like multiple of us kind of going across the floor, just trying to be sort of as discreet as we possibly can. And there's people everywhere. We go into this restroom and we literally dump the liquid contents into the toilet. I can't even talk about this without cracking up. And it's going like blah 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 blah, and it's—I mean, it fully sounds—it <laughs> fully sounds like someone's having diarrhea. Um, <laughs> and we're all like cracking up because it's just so gross. And <laughs> I can't even talk about it. And then to, we have to walk out of there. And we don't even think about it, but we had cleaned up, obviously, you know, after we'd done this really gross thing um, in this restroom. And because I, like I said, the the product was chocolate, it was brown, we had cleaned up and we had all these brown paper towels that we were (laughs) taking out to the garbage. And as we're walking out, this woman comes walking in and she literally throws up her hands and screams because she thought we were walking around with like poopy paper towels. <laughs> As one might do in a restroom. Um, and I don't know if I've ever laughed harder in my life or ever just like realized the absurdity of this like project that we took on that really just took away from what we were doing there. Um, long story to keep it short, it's like, you know, it's a really good example of something that just wasn't really worth that time. Um, and also, obviously, that the hassle, which we always call um, <laughs> the dump. <laughs>
1: And it's one of my favorite stories of all time. And not just because of the poop, but also because of the schlep. And schlepping, I think, was one of sort of the key things that we did at conferences or anytime we traveled for work, because we were always trying to cut corners on costs. So we'd book a hotel that was really far away because it was cheaper or better yet, we would stay with friends. There's one meeting I remember us going to. It was like a big meeting that we had with a potential partner. This was this was a big deal. And instead of booking a hotel, we stayed on a friend's couch. And so both of us are sharing this couch with a dog and the whole thing is just covered in dog hair. And I remember waking up that morning just being like feeling really gross and stinky and showing up to the meeting feeling like I was covered in dog hair and like just being like so embarrassed by how I felt showing up to that meeting. Yeah.
0: I mean, and it wasn't just that the couch was covered in dog hair. It was also that there wasn't like really, I mean, honestly, like neither of us wanted to shower in that shower. Um, This was a male friend from college and i i mean you can do the math um i remember just feeling like i'm not going to shower in that shower and so we just rolled into that meeting like with a very like in the sink little you know dust the underarms get the face like put yourself together try and like knock some dog hair off your pants and and go um yeah it was a less than ideal situation and not again it's like that thing it's like not the way to show up when you need to show up like if you just right. we just weren't like I think we went into it not feeling on top of our game because we had just spent the night like on a couch, um, the two of us. And we just, I mean, we didn't get a great night's sleep and, you know, our friend's dog slept on us all night and I love dogs, but I mean, that is not, that is not comfortable. And it is not a great way to show up feeling and smelling fresh. (laughs) No, it is not. (laughs) And like, and that's just one example. And I think that one we both remember so well, probably because, we shared a couch and we're both adults and that is not an easy thing to do. Um, But I think there were so many examples of that where we would stay with friends to save money or, you know, the hotels that were far away. Um, But there were other things we would do to really save money, um, especially like for things like events and conferences. Um, And I think one of those things, which you could say is super resourceful, um, But I'm not sure that it always paid off in the end, Um, was we used to sometimes go to like to show up at a specific event or a conference that we wanted to be at for whatever reason, whether we thought it was good networking, or, you know, there was someone we wanted to meet there specifically, or there was content we were interested in. Um, We would sometimes just buy, like if they had party passes, or um, expo only passes, um, and we'd cut corners in that way. We'd sort of find ways to get into conferences without having to like actually pay for them. <laughs> um and it worked sometimes, um but more often than not it ended up being kind of a waste because we would spend the money or the time, which is, you know, just as much um <laughs> there's a lot of value in that also, um to show up there and then we wouldn't sometimes have access to the things we actually needed access to.
1: You know, one conference that really sticks out to me where we did just that, I think we bought the expo only pass and we showed up with like hundreds of unofficial swag bags to hand out. Um, so like we always do, we got a whole bunch of brands to participate. We spent like all night in our cheap hotels, stuffing swag bags. And then we show up to the conference, like with a few at a time to hand out and like trying to sneakily hand them out without getting kicked out of the expo hall. And I forget exactly how it happened, but we ended up having to just ditch the rest of our swag bags. And I remember we were like in this expo hall and we kind of shoved them under this table that no one was using. We just left like a pile of a hundred swag bags under this random table and we took off. (laughs) And it was really funny and sad. And I think a good example of all of that effort and time that went into not really any results. Yeah, oh my god, I remember that so well. Um
0: yeah, and I think it's like, you know, I think it's like thinking through those things now. It's like, oh yeah. Duh, like that's not a great use of our time or our energy or our resources. Um but in those moments, it felt super necessary and, you know, we we felt scrappy and we felt like we had to to do all of those things. And now looking back, I wish that we had just put more focused energy into things we could have done really well and invested the time, money and resources um, to do them well versus trying to do everything and sort of scrap our way through it.
1: Exactly. And I mean, just imagine if we'd actually gone to the conference and not bothered with swag bags, how much more value we probably would have gotten out of those connections. And to me, I think it's another, for me, it's another instance of imposter syndrome where somehow it felt easier to show up to a big conference with a swag bag and some kind of offer, I felt more legitimate being there because I was able to give something to someone instead of just showing up as ourselves.
0: Yeah. Isn't that funny? Oh man, that's like really hitting the mark for me in a lot of ways. And I, yeah, I 100% agree. I just went to before uh, COVID, the COVID shutdown happened. I just went to a conference and I just showed up as me I had no speaking obligations. I had nothing to offer to give uh, except for myself. and um, and it was a really good experience. I also stayed in the conference hotel. <laughs> um, and i I think I think I even talked to you about it afterwards is like what a great experience it was and how. I got a lot of value out of it because I was just able to be there and be fully present and really immerse myself and sort of go around and make the connections I wanted to make and learn the content I wanted to learn. And, um, there was no, you know, middle of the night, like tote bag stuffing or worry or anxiety about drafting off of a conference, you know, with a ticket that wasn't, you know, a full conference ticket or whatever. I just went, I had a full conference ticket. I showed up as myself. Um, I networked as myself and I actually walked out with a lot of valuable connections. Um, so I think there's a lot to be said there. Um, and, you know, and I think we learned a lot from those experiences. Those really like, you know, we learned a lot about our resilience um, and our scrappiness. And as I think we keep pointing out episode to episode, or at least this thing keeps showing up, this theme keeps showing up for me, is that we show up, right? We're always good at showing
1: up. <laughs> um We are. And I think, you know, something that (laughs) one thing that I think we did get that was valuable out of all of that schlepping and cutting corners is that it really showed us a who we are and what we're willing to do. Um, And it also showed us who the people that worked for us were. Because when you put someone who works for you in a situation that's not ideal, you know, the hotel's far away, maybe there's a lot of stuff to carry. Uh, you get to know what their work ethic and what their cultural fit is a lot faster when you give them those kinds of challenges. Oh my God,
0: so fast. Um, And also just, you kind of get to see like when you put someone under pressure in some ways, like how they do. And I think that's a great meter when you are, especially when you're a small business or a startup, because you need people that can like, you know, work under a little bit of pressure and also um, have a certain degree of resourcefulness And, um, and I think flexibility, I think flexibility is really important, um, in this kind of, uh, environment. And one of those, um, conferences where we booked a hotel that was super far away from the conference, um, we went with an intern at the time and we had to schlep all this stuff, um, from our hotel to the conference. And it was like 90 degrees out. It was like the middle of summer. Um, And it was in Denver area and it was really hot and it was about a mile walk. Um, It wasn't the worst thing I've ever done. It wasn't particularly exciting either to be out there roasting and schlepping stuff. And I'll never forget when the intern turned around and looked at me and was like, I, I'm just going to like, you know, basically like, I'm just going to go back to the hotel room. I want to lay down. I'm so hot. Like I would like to get on the bus or like, she just kept trying to like find ways to like not be schlepping or not helping. And then it turns out she decides later to tell me that she's going to head down to the sauna <laughs> at the hotel. And I was like, yeah, Excuse me, what? what? And I remember being like, you do realize you just told me that like, you can't handle the literal heat and you're going to go to the sauna. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to go to the spa? Like, no, you're working. You've got stuff to do, my friend. And if you can't, And I let her off the hook for the schlepping. I remember I was like, yeah, just whatever. I got this. And I carried everything myself and I let her do whatever it was she like needed to do back in the room, like cool off. And then, you know, two hours later, she's like heading to the sauna. And I could not have felt crazier.
1: It's so infuriating.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And needless to say, I think we realized very quickly after that that she was not a great cultural fit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That one wasn't going to work out. (laughs) Another one that sticks out to me is uh, we were in Vegas for an event and we were staying with our grandparents and our moms at our grandparents' timeshare in Vegas because saving money. And it just happened that they were also going to be in Vegas. So we were like, perfect. We'll stay with them at their condo timeshare thing and we'll go do our event. And we had brought a woman along with us. who was working for us at the time, and this is a different person. Um, and so she, you know, got to know our family really well. She was staying in the condo, but she had her own room. And it was like I remember we like really tried to set her up so she wouldn't feel awkward about that arrangement. Um, and when she invoiced us for her time with us in Vegas, she literally had a line item on there that was dinner with your family. Like she charged us for eating dinner, like her time while she was eating dinner that happened to be with our family.
0: I, I still can't believe that. I, I can't believe like that you would even have the nerve to do that. I mean, kudos to her for just being like, boom, I'm going to charge them for this time. But also just like, I mean, my mind was blown. I was like, are you, who are you? <laughs> like, okay, Kim K, like you can charge people to show up
1: for dinner. <laughs> Needless to say, she didn't last much longer than no, that. No,
0: no, she didn't. And for a multitude of other reasons. But I think that example is just such a perfect example of like, just when you just are like, this isn't a fit. And how did we get here with this person in the first place? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then another one, and these are funny, because this is like, this is so funny, because like, so many of these have to do with traveling with somebody when you're working with them. Um But uh, we had another employee um, who, gosh, I remember we made this hire and we were like, we had like stars in our eyes over it. We thought she was like out of our league in some ways. Um, I remember we were like showing up in a big way to make her first days with us like uh, an amazing experience. And we were like ready to learn everything she knew. Um, And she basically showed up on her very first day of work. Completely unprepared to work. Like, she showed up, like, just without anything she needed and just looked at us, like, Well, what am I doing here? I felt like she was, like, arriving to kindergarten on the first day and no one told her, like, you know, that you need, I don't know, shoes for the playground or something. It was like, What? Wow. Like, she just had nothing. It was like she was just not ready to work. Um, and that was a little scary, but of course, you know, we, we gave her some chances beyond that. Um, and then she and I traveled together for an event and, um, on the very first afternoon when we arrived, we were staying in an Airbnb, um, and she clogged the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of stories about toilets in this episode, which is funny. Um, she clogged the toilet, which is not a big deal. Like, we've all clogged a toilet. I've certainly clogged more toilets than I care to recount. Um, but the funny part was she walks out of the bathroom, and I'm in the living room, like, on my laptop working. And she's like, um, oh, my God. So this toilet, like, doesn't work. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she goes, I don't know. This is, like, such a weird place and like the toilet doesn't work. And it was a low flow toilet. We have low flow toilets in my house, so I know they can often be frustrating when you when you have some business to flush. But like use a plunger, you know, like kind of first line of defense anytime you have a toilet not flushing problem. Um and she like literally could not do that. She told me she had never plunged a toilet before. And uh, so I went and plunged the toilet. Her boss went and plunged the toilet for her on a work trip. And she didn't even like bat an eye over it. She was totally fine with it. Um, Yeah, I remember I texted you because I was like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> I mean, just imagining being in that situation, like if I were her, I would be so mortified there is no way I would take that to my boss. I would like be sitting in the toilet, like Googling the shit out of <laughs> how do I fix this toilet before I went to my boss and confessed <laughs> or expected her to take care of it.
0: 100%. percent i like, I, you know, and then it, like say you tried to plunge it and it still didn't work. Then I would walk out and I would say, I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing. I'm going to figure out what I need to do. Like maybe I can try and find a Walgreens and, you know, whatever. Or can we call the Airbnb host and let them know, like if it didn't plunge and it did plunge, it was just like a plunging, a plunging issue. Um, and I'm not like above plunging a toilet. Like, let me, let me just say that. Like, and if you, you know, left something and it was, you didn't know it and I had to plunge it, I wouldn't like shame you about it. It was just the fact that she like walked out and she was just like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like, so you want me to do it? Like, what? And then later in that trip, I mean, this wasn't all just about toilet, uh, <laughs> her toilet inadequacies. Um, this was also like things that she sort of showed. Um, I think this, this goes back to that first day when she just showed up completely unprepared to work and just like stared at us, like waiting for us to do something. Um, she kind of did that the entire time we were at this event. Um, and she was also just like a complete sad Sally, uh, uh, like for everything. like. She didn't want to do anything. And a big part of this event, we were there to network. And I felt like I was like pulling her out of the Airbnb. And then we got this really fun opportunity. This wasn't even like a work thing. Um, We got free tickets to go see Jimmy Fallon. And um, she complained because we had to stand in a queue. And everybody else in the queue before we get into our seats is having the best time. They're like making the most out of standing in a line. and you know, people are like walking around. There's like margarita delivery. You can like get food. Um, it was fun, and she just couldn't like give in to the fun of it. And she literally pouted the entire time we were in that line. And I remember texting you, Elise, and being like, "Please help me. What do I do with this? Like, I don't know how to deal with this bad attitude. And I feel like I'm gonna lose my mind because <laughs> like." this should be fun. (laughs) And we had great seats. Um, It was
1: such a fun experience. All the conditions for fun were right there in front of you.
0: It's not every day that you get to go like see Jimmy Fallon and your boss offers you to have a margarita while you're waiting in the queue.
1: Yeah. There's something about traveling with people that really lets you know who they are and really helps you uncover whether that fit is really there. And I think, you know, something that we've done a lot and this, I think this is really coming out in sort of all these stories we have to tell about traveling with employees or interns is that we tend to give people a lot of chances. Um, like this woman in particular, who on her first day showed up completely unprepared and completely uninterested in getting prepared. Now that I'm looking back, I'm like, we should have had the confidence and sort of trusted our own instincts to just call it right there. I think Oprah says it best when someone shows you who they are, listen to them. Damn, Oprah, she's got it right. Oprah knows everything. But in a lot of ways, I think all of these sort of like scrappy travel situations that we found ourselves in really helped us gain clarity around the hires that we would made that weren't a good fit.
0: Yeah. And in some ways, it's interesting because we talked about how we trip over ourselves to save money in some of these like really comical ways, um, you know, with homemade booths and homemade tank tops and like staying at hotels that were far away or skipping the conference pass, etc. But then sometimes we would like stretch ourselves to give other people opportunities. Um, and it was like, but I think sometimes in doing that, um, we weren't always as thoughtful as we could have been about like, you know, who we were bringing on, or like, I think once we given them that opportunity, it almost felt like we had to keep them on longer, because we tried so hard, if that makes sense. Like we'd invest so much in somebody, that it almost felt even harder to cut that cord, which is what I think you were saying, like with this particular person, it was like the first day, those red flags, the first week, the first two weeks, I mean, she should have never been going to an event with me to begin with. But I think it was just that, yeah, we'd already invested all of that. And I think it was kind of that same line of thinking, we were always tripping ourselves up over that, like, Resource or money spending that we'd done, and we would just like—I don't know. I think there was like a lot of fear, and again, that imposter syndrome that came with it. Like, you know, what do we really know? Like, can we just let this person go? Like, are you know, are these red flags real? And maybe that's just the questions I was asking myself. But I mean, they were very real.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that fear aspect of it uh, really resonates with me. Like, well, if we let this person go, like who's going to show up and do the work. And I think what we could have realized back then is that we really needed to cut losses sooner, especially with bad hires Mm -hmm. because those bad hires aren't doing the work we need them to do. (laughs) So we're not really losing anything except, you know, more of those dollars that we're trying so hard to save.
0: I have to say this example out loud, because I feel like this is one that at least for me stands out as one of those things that was very fear related. And we hung on to, way longer than we should have um and this particular person um, we could have said well they were inexpensive in that uh for a little while it was a free intern that turned into something paid and I don't know how that happened to be honest um but this particular person uh oh my god there's so many things but one thing that really sticks out for me and like this was like when we already knew there were red flags we had a work event and he literally in front of us like to our faces called us his hot bosses and I I will never forget I I just will never forget you scolding him in that moment it was like amazing slash also like I just I still can't believe that
1: that happened (laughs) I remember you like leading me away from the scene (laughs) And be like, at least he could have called us something much worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean.
1: <laughs> you were like diffusing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was super inappropriate. Like, it's super inappropriate. But also, I was just like, I don't know. He just wasn't maybe worth the headache. At that same event, we were at this really fun, like, it, let's just call it a play space. There were basically like a bunch of, I don't know, I think they were probably like 18 years old like teenagers essentially working, like managing the space where we were hosting the event or holding the event. And he literally, because he kept doing something that one of those working teenagers told him not to do. So like, we'll just pretend it was at a pool, right? So it's like the lifeguard, right? You've got this like, you know, 16 or 18 year old lifeguard sitting on the chair and they say, hey, you know, no diving there or whatever, or no backflips, And then you just keep doing it. That was what he did. He just kept doing it, like kept diving where he wasn't supposed to, kept doing the exact thing that the lifeguard told him not to do. And then he literally got put in timeout. It was like one teenager getting put in timeout by the other teenager in front of his hot bosses.
1: So funny. And I remember he had no shame about any of it. None.
0: I think he was proud of his timeout. I was like, I mean, I just remember like my face. I was just like, what? Like, like, I my like face fell. I was like he and I just the absurdity of it. Like I could not stop thinking about the fact that he was sitting in a literal timeout, like a child, at a work event, and that he felt no shame around it. And like had an hour earlier called us his hot bosses. And I was just like, who is this person, and why is he here?
1: <laughs> and you know what's so funny? You know we're talking about first impressions and red flags and. That's a whole lot of red flags wrapped up into an hour. But do you remember his very first day? Gosh, we have a crazy track record here. (laughs) His very first day, we assembled a whole team to take him out to a welcome lunch, like you do. And we take them to somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in San Francisco that was like a fun and delicious and like San Francisco place to eat lunch. Like a, I don't even remember what it was, but like somewhere good. And we get there, we put our name in for our group and we're all kind of standing there like chit chatting, waiting for our table. And he's like, actually, I'm just going to go across the street to a basically a fast food place that I will not name. But he literally left our entire team at his welcome lunch to go across the street and eat fast food by himself. Which is also funny because the fact that he would like
0: legitimately like eat fast food sort of like every day and ditched like a welcome lunch with his team for that because he used to literally sit at his desk and like flex his muscles um into his phone like selfie style but not like actually taking photos just like flexing and looking at himself as though his phone were a mirror and we would watch him do this and just like I I mean it was absurd and funny and uh and so many things So many things.
1: (laughs) So many things. And yeah, again, like no shame because we worked in an open office. We were all pretty close together and it was in like full view of like, not only am I not doing work right now, hot bosses, but I am showing you how I'm the hot intern by admiring my own muscles in my phone.
0: Oh, so bad. And I remember him like lifting up his tank top. I would like watch him do this at his desk so that he could see his own abs in his phone.
1: There should have been more timeouts.
0: I think again, like we just, there was a lot of fear around like, I don't know, making the right decision. <laughs> and I, I, we had so many more, I mean, there's so many people that I think mm-hmm. now I look back and I, I realized that stayed a lot longer than they should have and got way too many chances. Um, and I think it was always like what you said before where we were like, well, they're either, you know, not that expensive, or they get this one thing done that we felt like we needed, or like somehow we felt like we needed. Um, And it wasn't until we would actually go through with like, getting rid of that person that we'd go, Oh, my God, why didn't we do this sooner? Like this bad energy is lifted. And it's kind of the same thing with like, the enormous amount of schlepping. It's like the minute we would take a pause from that and do it a little bit differently, or like, put some thought into something and like maybe invest some time and some actual money into it where we would take a pause. Like I just was saying at that conference I went to earlier in the year um, and go, Oh, well, wasn't that nice. And I got so much out of it. And um, yeah. So it's been an interesting exercise to kind of look back and be like, God, so many things we could have done differently. Um, Yeah. From like the actual like logistics, to like the actual people that we brought onto our team
1: yes and I think like you said what's what really really feels like brings all these stories together is trusting our own instincts and not letting fear and imposter syndrome sort of be the guiding hand and how we make decisions
0: there are so many other things that I would have done differently um besides just these like sort of bizarre and absurd some stories um, about both like our attempts to trip ourselves while we saved money and um, and also like kind of who we chose to bring on to our team for different reasons. Um, I mean, there's really like simple things that I would have done differently. I think, you know, we talked about the tank tops with the iron-on logos, uh, but let's not forget the website that we first put out. I mean, I think back to that and realize like, you know, we were looking at a way to get something out quickly and efficiently um, and not spend any money on it. But I think, especially at that time, a decade ago, a website
1: uh, was really important. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And that was a case where we really got what we paid for (laughs) a free website. It turns out is not, is not how you want to position yourself. And I, I mean, it's like, it seems silly, but I imagine if we you know, really invested in letting ourselves show up in a more serious way, if we would have maybe avoided some of that price cycle nonsense that we talked about in the last episode, like if we'd showed up in a way that made us feel more confident and more empowered, would some of that turned out differently? Yeah, I think
0: about that a lot. I think like, you know, some of those really early mistakes, it it all kind of trickles down um, and it sort of, I don't know, it's like when you put, it's that thing about putting your best foot forward, right? And when you kind of step into something and you don't feel like you're, or you feel like you have dog hair all over you (laughs) when you show up to a meeting, um, it really does change sort of how you present yourself and how confident you feel delivering whatever message you're there to deliver. And, you know, I think those things are, those things really matter. And now looking back, um, I think I just would have approached a lot of things, you know, from our website to our tank tops, to our booths, um, to even who we hire with a bit more polish, um, because I think it would have really helped us um, uplevel ourselves sooner and be able to communicate our value and our worth um, before it felt like we were sort of almost combating that, like having to, to figure it out after the fact, which is what it felt like we had to do quite a bit.
1: Yeah, we were always trying to make up for lost ground and lost time and lost dollars. And there's so much we could have done to set ourselves up better so that we were starting from a much stronger foundation.
0: Yeah. Is there one thing, like one little thing that if you could go back, like not all these sort of bigger, more abstract, you know, things like, you know, the funny not bringing partners and having You know, dumps in conference room, bathrooms, et cetera. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if there's like one other like little thing that you would have done differently from the beginning, um, is there something that you would have done? Just like something that's always a bee in your bonnet?
1: Yeah. And this is so obvious, which is probably why it's the bee in my bonnet. But we like really dropped the ball on collecting emails at the beginning. Like we spent all this time waiting for our free, ugly, poorly functioning website to be live before we felt like we could put ourselves out there. But we could have been like collecting emails and getting people getting conversations started ahead of time. And I just think about what the size of our email list could be if we'd like really put a focus on that from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a really good one. I, yep, (laughs) Um, I had and I had a feeling that's what you were going to say, because I know that you know, that's been a big focus for you um, and a focus for the business. But I think like sort of you've taken on that that project, um, which is really great in a great and very um, steadfast way, I think for me. Um, and this is something that I, I think this is like part of my leadership negativity rabbit hole thinking in some ways, my LNRs, if you remember from <laughs> episode one. <laughs> But I think for me, I one thing that I really would have done differently is um, really used to my advantage the skills that I had um, from my career before this. And I think I did myself and the business a great disservice by not sort of using my PR and marketing skills more effectively. And by that, I mean, I should have figured out Like to me, I should have been on it and figured out how to insert us in conversations better. I look and I see businesses um, that started way after we did or have like, you know, sort of a similar, but I think less exceptional story um, getting into articles about, you know, the best thing for marketers and, you know, these quotes from you know, founders. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we should be in those. And why didn't I use that muscle that I had, um, to really craft those stories and also really develop our thought leadership. And again, I think this for me comes back to that silly imposter syndrome. And maybe that I just was like afraid or, you know, fearful of really exercising that muscle and trying to figure out like how to place us and how to elevate us, um, both of us as leaders in this industry. And I think I did us a great disservice by not doing that sooner and when we started and really like, you know, figuring out how to flex that muscle and um, and put us out there. And I think that's why that's been a big, and I'm sure, you know, um, just from the things that have been on my mind um, in the last couple of years of business is just really elevating um, ourselves as leaders um, and trying to figure out, you know, how we really paint that picture for people. And Um, get more confident about letting people know what we know, um, which is a lot.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh, I hear you. And to me, it feels like, you know, because this is something that we've talked about for years about Mm -hmm. doing a better job of telling our own story and doing a better job of positioning ourselves as thought leaders, like those have been on our agendas for ever. And to me, it's so indicative of the shiny objects that we've chased whether that's and you know there's been so many examples in this one episode about all the ways that we tried to like bring more of our partners into our booths at expo halls or we tried to like give these people chances and we were always kind of just distributing and distributing our energies in ways that were really sort of counterproductive Uh, Whereas if we've been able to sort of, you know, filter ourselves (laughs) and focus ourselves better, just imagine what we could have done if we'd spent a little less time getting distracted by shiny objects. But we'd really sort of owned our story and had the confidence to show up in the way that we wanted to.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Is there an app for that? (laughs) For those filters? Come on, Instagram. Come out with those filters.
1: I would definitely do the in-app purchases for that kind of filter, let me tell you. But until we have that option, I have a suggestion. And this maybe can be an extension of our pact.
0: Ooh, tell me more.
1: Let's each pick one thing that we're going to work on doing differently in a way that really honors our own instincts and helps us focus and not get too distracted by shiny objects.
0: I love it. I mean, I think for me, this goes back to the place where I feel like I should have flexed my muscle from the very beginning. And I am very focused right now on sort of elevating us as leaders and thought leaders and um, and across platforms. And so when the world opens back up, um, I my sort of, Thinking is that we need to, you know, go and show up um, in places where it makes sense with not botched conference passes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to see us speaking more, um, contributing articles more places, um, and showing up where we need to show up in a really boss lady way. Um, yeah, that isn't sort of um, distracting or <laughs> um, oversaturated with other messages, just one firm message that's coming from the two of us um, and really helping us grow um, into the kind of leaders that I know we are.
1: I love it. I'm so excited. That'll be such a nice way to rejoin the world. Yeah. (laughs) Once that happens. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) What's yours? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me think about this. Um, So as you know, we are... We're working on kind of an internal project right now that I won't go into too many details about, but it's really focused on... So excited. So excited. (laughs) So excited. It feels like Christmas every time we work on it. It's really working to clarify our message, really like hone in and trim all the distractions and sort of superfluous little odds and ends that we've had sort of dangling around us and distracting us. And I think my my goal is to really see that through like sort of through all parts of our business um because i know my own tendency with big projects like this is i get really excited at the beginning and i get really in the weeds and then kind of in that final follow through like the very final push that's when i get like bored or distracted or you know i'm ready to move on to the next thing so my goal is going to be to like really commit to the bitter end of seeing this streamlining project that we're working on through to the end. Ooh, I like that. And I hope
0: that by you feeling really focused and sort of committed to not getting distracted, that that will just trickle down to the rest of us, (laughs) myself, which is very important included. Um, And I hope that, you know, my, that I, I feel like we're almost saying a lot of the same things. Like we feel, it feels very much on the same page. Like, I want to bring us back into the light of, like, you know, here's the reason people should pay attention to us and what we're doing and what we're building. And you're taking us and saying, like, with our big project we're working on, and you're going to be laser focused on it. And I feel like we're both able to just sort of see that. And it's like, okay, now let's go forth um, and get rid of all the distracting, shiny objects around us and just focus, focus, focus. And I think that's what this episode has been about. It's been like, we just need to focus. We need to get rid of the distractions. We need to stop tripping ourselves (laughs) over like silly things and, you know, the things that we think are saving money, but in reality are just adding more stress and headaches um, and the people that are doing the same thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think this is great. We're kind of cutting through the crap.
1: Definitely. So I think we got to get rid of all the shiny objects, except, except for this podcast. Yeah, this
0: is a good shiny object.
1: Well, there you have it. A rundown of just a few of the ways we've tripped over ourselves over the years. If there's anything we've learned, it's that we should stop letting fear and imposter syndrome run the show. We'd love to hear how you do things differently if you were given a chance to start from scratch. Send us a 30-second audio clip to hi at shinyobjects.live and we may feature you in a future episode. Thanks for listening and see you next time.